The events that took place in our nation's capital on the Feast of the Epiphany have truly been revelatory. And I don't mean that the events themselves were all that surprising, really. Jarring to see it actually happen on live TV, sure. But if we have really been paying attention, it's not at all surprising that the last few years have led up to this moment. The consuming flames of anger, racism, and bigotry have been carefully stoked and tended to with violent rhetoric from the top down and fed with the fuel of misinformation, access to firearms, and the historical precedent that white people who do these kinds of things usually don't get punished and certainly don't pay with their lives. What was revelatory for me, though, was the lengths to which so many of us collectively went to distance ourselves from those who violently attacked the Capitol. Over the past few days, I have seen and heard various iterations of the sentiment, we're not with them. This is not who we are. This is not the America that I know. I can't believe these people. Those people are insane. Those people don't represent my party. No one wants to claim the mob. No one wants to claim these people as their own. Top politicians have been stepping down from their positions in the aftermath of the riot that took place in the Capitol in an effort to publicly show that they don't want to be associated with the violent mob. People, mainly white people, have taken to social media to distance themselves in every way possible from the perpetrators of this act of terror. In fact, even the false claims that Antifa and Black Lives Matter were involved is just another way of saying those people, the people who did this horrific thing, are not our people. Let me be the first to say that I, too, am wrestling with this same urge. I want to make it clear that I, that I condemn the attack on the Capitol. And the easiest way for me to do that is to locate myself as far as possible from that angry mob as if we're not made of the same flesh and bone. As if we don't breathe the same air. As if we didn't grow up in the same America. But how does that serve me, really? Does it protect my conscience, preserve my public image, the way my family and friends perceive me, the way I see myself? This instinct, this urge to distance myself from the images of evil that have been playing over and over again on Twitter feeds and news stations merely feeds into a false narrative that the same demons that are alive in those violent images are not alive in me as well. In these images, we see a hunger for power. We see destruction, rage, chaos and a wanton disregard for the safety and well-being of other human beings. All hallmarks of the demon of white supremacy, which has been alive in our country since its inception. And the demons of greed and idolatry that have been alive in our world longer than recorded history. And they live in and through us. And they show up differently in different people. And they are not always physically violent, they are not always as discernible as they are today, but they are there. They are there not because we seek them out, not because we want them to be there, 
but because we have not yet found a way as a people to defeat them. And as long as they are alive somewhere, they'll show up everywhere. Individually, we may be able to tamp them down and keep them at bay for a time. But sooner or later, they will crop up somewhere else and we'll once again have to face them in ourselves. This is part of what it means to be human, that we are all so interconnected that there is not enough distance, physical or metaphorical, in the world that would allow us to escape from, those, from these demons while others fall prey to them. This is where we are today, friends. Four days removed from an inc incredibly stark reminder that we can't outrun these demons simply by cutting off any and all association with the people who we believe most embody them. And why not? because our baptism won't let us. When Jesus was baptized in Mark's gospel, he was baptized into a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus journeyed out into the wilderness outside of the city and got in line with the rest of the people from the Judean countryside, sinners who came to repent and allowed John to wash him in the flowing waters of the river Jordan. Simply by association with those sinners, Jesus' reputation was on the line. Surely Jesus could have cut the line or requested a private baptism. He, after all, was blameless and didn't have any repentance-worthy sins to report. But that's not what he did. He didn't keep himself apart from us. He chose to be baptized into the same waters of baptism into which each one of us is called. In his baptism, Jesus dives headfirst into the messiness of our world. He's submerged in the ways we hurt each other, the ways we try to escape one another, and the ways in which we overlook and ignore one another. And yet when he emerges, that dove descends upon him and a voice cries out, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus calls us into these same waters of baptism. And what are those things that represent baptism to us? The carved marble font, the delicate silver pitchers from which we pour a modest amount of water? Maybe. But don't be fooled by that beautiful baptismal font or the cute seashell used to daintily sprinkle water on a baby's head, no. Don't be fooled. Because this baptism is not dainty but wild, like the waters of the River Jordan. And it's demanding. When we are washed in the waters of baptism and marked as Christ's own forever, we give up any pretense that we stand alone. That our lives and actions are not intricately linked to one another's. We now enter into the his this story that is as old as time, of God's people wrestling with the evils of the world. This story in which God has always been active. God has lived and moved in the world since before our creation, and God will continue to move and act long after we're gone. But for the time that we're here, God asks us simply to remember that the minute we enter the waters of baptism, we die to self and live daily to God's way of love. 
And God's way of love leaves no room for us to pick and choose the moments that we acknowledge that we are all tied up with one another. Jesus claims us as his own. In all of our brokenness, all of our sinfulness. And he calls us to claim one another. And does claiming one another mean that we have to condone the actions of our fellow humans like the attack on the Capitol? Certainly not. But claiming one another means that we hold one another accountable as well as ourselves. We can't do that from a distance. We can't do that by allowing ourselves to believe that we are in no way connected to the evil that was on display in the Capitol on Wednesday. We are sick. Our nation has been poisoned by the lie of white supremacy and allowing ourselves to think that we are not touched by that because we are not the ones breaking down the doors of the Capitol building only makes that poison stronger. So buckle up, friends. We have lots of work to do. And the only place we can start is by surrendering to the hard truth that the minute we touch those baptismal waters, we are linked to one another for better or for worse. I don't know whether or not that sounds like good news to you. Maybe this week it doesn't. But that doesn't make it any less true or important. In fact, when it is the least comfortable to think about, it's probably the most important to be reminded. Luckily for us, the truest and most tangible way of understanding this interconnectedness is in Jesus the Christ. Jesus who stepped into the chaos of our world and was baptized into the murky waters that bind us up in one another. Jesus, the son with whom God is well pleased. If we want to claim this Jesus, and we want this Jesus to claim us, we recognize that we are bound up with all the others that Jesus claims and who claim Jesus. Because Jesus does claim us to be his own. And he shows us that the powers of evil that are alive in our world pale in comparison to his way, his way of sacrifice, liberation, love, and life. Amen.